This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode 62. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, a podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. And it is 2023. Hope you guys had a great new year. Um, We are kicking off our third season here in January, and there is no better way to kick off this season than to bring back a guest from last season, Dustin Peed. It is great, um, and we are so excited to have Dustin with us, and we are looking forward to discussing leadership and the Enneagram today. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, man. So Dustin was our very first guest on the podcast, and we've had a slew of wiser men on and women on since, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No, but there is... Only can go up from that one. (laughs) We are... We're just starting the year strong, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm so excited. Dustin is one of my best friends, and I love so much about what he brings to the table. And, you know, we talked, um, I, I think, in our first podcast, just about the cultural aspect and just how much um, Dustin really uh, just added to my life and opened up my eyes with culture and creativity. And, and I, I think I gave a huge homage to him before. And so this one's not going to near be near as good. However, another thing that Dustin just kills it in uh, that I just, we talk about it a ton on here, but we've never really dug into it is the Enneagram. And as I was going through this, I thought I was a certain number for a long time. Uh, and then I remember I actually too. being, I thought yeah, you were the same number for, for a while. Yep. And I remember being down in Georgia, where Dustin lives. Um, I remember being in your, your kitchen, and we're just chatting about all this stuff. And Dustin is just like, he has spent so many hours and just study on this stuff. And not just like theoretical, but like also putting into practice type of stuff. Yeah. That finally, like we came to this head where he was like, no, <laughs> you're you're an eight wing seven. And it was just like, as we dug into it, it was like, oh, man. And I... I remember, and, and I know that maybe these numbers mean nothing to you, listeners, so far. So my bad. However, but when I had that clarity, I was like, "It feels good. Like it feels relieving." And so, um, having said that, I guess the first place to start, best way to start, is uh, what is the Enneagram? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to just give this kind of disclaimer up front. Enneagram is just a tool, right? Yeah. We don't find our identity in any kind of, in any tool that we use, it's just another tool in the bag, uh, for us to be better people, um, better coworkers, better bosses, better leaders, um, better, uh, spouses, uh, better parents. Uh, it's really kind of hit all aspects of my life. And so, uh, Enneagram, if you just kind of want to get real technical about it, Ennea means nine. There's nine different personalities uh, or types in Enneagram. So Ennea is nine and Gram is diagram. So it's a 
nine hmm. diagram. Uh, that's really all the Enneagram means. I had no um, idea about that. <laughs> I did not know that at all. <laughs> well, that's the podcast, folks. All um, right, guys. <laughs> thanks for in. Now you know everything. <laughs> yeah. Just cue the star. The more you know, we're good. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I would love it if we just stopped there. No. Um, <laughs> uh, no, what I love about the Enneagram and, and all, all personality profiles, uh, tests, and, and diagrams, they're, they're all beneficial. Um, I have just found um, that the Enneagram cuts to the core of your uh, motivations, your desires, um, whereas other ones are more behavioral. Um, this one is more of, well, why do I do what I do? Um, and why do I do what I don't want to do sometimes, you know, and it helps us to understand really at the end of it all, not if we're winning or losing, like a lot of other ones will, this one helps us understand, are we the healthy, are we a healthy version of ourselves right now? Or are we an unhealthy version of ourselves right now? And as a leader, uh, cause it's a leadership podcast as a leader, when you're, when you are leading people, it is good to know where they're coming from. Right. Is, is, is your outburst that just came into my office or came into my email or to my text or to my Slack? Uh, is that from a place of health or a place of stress? Because if I know it's a place, if it's, if I know you enough to know that it's coming from a place of stress, then I know that this is not your best self that you're presenting to me. Mm. Thus, I'm going to give you more grace and I'm going to be more empathetic. Mm. And Blake and I have talked a ton about empathy and leadership and we could do a whole other podcast on that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, I think that's, that's a good way of like Myers-Briggs and a lot of these other things yeah. are really about identifying what kind of worker can do best in what environment. And I think those are yeah. great things. And yeah. I just got really into helpful. the, yeah, I just got into the working genius from Patrick Leanchoni. Um, oh yeah. Super, super helpful. Another uh, creative leader friend of mine was telling me about it again, really helpful as yeah. to how I go about doing my work. Yeah. Um, but what I've learned over the years as a leader is you have to care more about the person than yeah. you do about what the, what they produce for you. Yeah. Um, and so as great as working genius is, I'm going to use it mm-hmm. um, to help build my team and make sure I have the right people on the bus. Right. right. Um, but I, I'm more so I'm going to lean into Enneagram to help me um, lead them better as a person. Yeah. And I, I like that it's getting the best out of them, right? Not getting the best for you. It's getting the best right. out of them. And right. I like that a lot. So what, like, obviously, and I think this hits even bigger, like when we were getting into a lot of this Enneagram stuff was around like, I feel like the same time that I read uh, Start With Why. Mm. I, uh, oh, what's Simon Sinek. Sinek, yep. yep. And I think that's why it all kind of like worked together so well was like Start With Why is starting with that meta like, why am I the way I am? What things have contributed to this? So yeah. I guess with that being the case, like what are other factors or variables that contribute to um, someone having a number or something of that nature? Yeah. I mean, one of the questions that I get asked a lot and I always laugh at it, I'm trying not to be rude. I'm working on like my face when someone <laughs> says something stupid, but you know, You're like, um, but a lot of times people want to know, can my Enneagram number change? Mm. Right. Uh, 
And whereas a lot of other personality tests, because it's more about your behavior and not who you are as a person, mm-hmm. uh, it can change because you can change your behavior. I can't mm-hmm. change who I am. I can't change the way that I'm made. I can't change my, my DNA, the structure of who Dustin is can never mm-hmm. change. I can change the way he looks on the outside, but inside it's always the same. And so Enneagram um, is more about those core traits of who you are, what drives you, um, what, what fears do you have? Um, and really it all goes back to what I love about Enneagram more than anything else is that it all goes back to your childhood. And this is going to sound like super psychological where you feel like you're in a therapist's office and you're on a couch and, and you're just in, and you're just having to, you know, explain, you know, what happened to you as a kid. Um, as cheesy as that sounds, a lot of that goes into play uh, with that number. And so I, I can't tell you if you kind of come out of the womb as a, this is your Enneagram number. Sure. Um, I can I can tell you um, that early on in life, in childhood, it is influenced by environment uh, and it is influenced by genetics. Um, and so every person, every one of the Enneagram numbers has this just kind of general, these general statements uh, that kind of help you hone in uh, on who you are. And one of them being, um, your, it's called a wounding childhood message, mm. right? And that a lot of people's wounding childhood message may not have been something that they physically heard, like someone didn't physically tell them, hey, you're too much for me. Mm. Um, but it may have been the message they received by the world around them. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, uh, and so because of that, because of that formation, uh, and because of that history there, like we can never really change that. It is that yeah. that is who we are, uh, and most leaders are great um, because of some some wounds, some successes. All that kind of goes into one melting pot. Yeah, that's that's interesting on the genetic side too, because that's um, same two kids. You got two kids, right? Yep. In your household. Same household, same environment, very different. different. And so I think that's a a good point too. It's funny. um, (laughs) I was, Lindsay, I was talking to her and talked about, uh, I was was like, maybe we should talk about like, can your number change? And she's like, well, Dustin will 100% say no, but you as an ape, Blake, I know you're going to fight this. And I was like, listen, listen. But after you say it like that, um, I will say that that was, like I can see it from that perspective now for sure that like this isn't behavior. This is, this is core. Yeah. And there, there are some people out there, some, some, some people that I love and trust when it comes to the, to the Enneagram that they uh, have, I don't even know the term for it, um, but they'll say like everyone is all the numbers. Um, And to a certain extent, I do agree with that a little bit. I I do think all of us, can experience all of the personality traits. Mm, uh, yeah. But the strongest, like if we kind of remove all the fluff, remove the fact that I had a bad day or I ate a bad slice of pizza or whatever right. may, may or may not have happened to me that I was expecting, at the end of it all, you are who you are. Yeah. Can you, um, so I, I know all of us here are familiar with Enneagram numbers and things like that, but yeah. can you, for our listeners who are not, probably not uh, familiar with them. Can you give us just a brief overview of the numbers oh, and I'd maybe like to. just a brief description of each one? 
I'd love to. I'd love to. So there are nine types. Again, any means nine. Uh, and it's literally just type one through nine. So it's not uh, I, what I love about it. And, and some others are just like, I'm a, I'm a SDI CK 4936. I'm just like, I don't know what all that means. <laughs> what does that mean? I just, I just know, <laughs> I just know uh, what type one, two, three, four, up to nine means. And so uh, type one, um, they call the moral perfectionist. My wife is a type one. Extreme rule followers do not like to break the rules at all. They don't like being wrong. They don't want to be seen as bad or evil or inappropriate or unredeemable or corruptible. Integrity and character is a huge deal to them. Um, sometimes to the point where they'll put on a false front if they're not healthy uh, of being of being a person of good character and integrity. What, the, what, what a one longs to hear uh, is that they are a good person. They are good. Mm. There's nothing in them bad whatsoever. That's, that's my wife. Uh, a type two is called a supportive advisor. My, my mother-in-law is a type two uh, and I love type twos for a while, for a long while. I have a, I have a pretty long fuse for, for type twos. Um, type twos love to help other people. Uh, and they, they, they don't necessarily put their needs. You, you would rarely find them putting their needs first. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, to their own detriment, uh, because sometimes we do know that we do need to put some of our needs first. Well, we know as leaders, right, that we need to be working on ourselves, uh, so that we can present our, we can lead with our best foot forward essentially. Right. It's very difficult for twos. Twos will be like, no, but this person needs this. They will put everything else aside. Um, their core yeah, desire is to. She ahead, a two? Sorry. Yeah, she's a two. Yeah, uh, twos uh, core that what they what they want to hear, uh, what their longing is more than anything else is they want to be wanted and loved, and so they will mm -hmm. do whatever it takes to be wanted and loved. A lot of unhealthy twos have a difficult time tapping into their emotions. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. but healthy twos. Uh, there's nothing like a healthy two. I love a healthy yeah. two. Yeah. I'm, so um, Lindsay's, she's a two, I think maybe a wing three, but uh, she. Yeah, I could see that. She is. Um, I don't see her winging one much. Not really. When you mentioned the self-care thing, you're so, so right. Like they will, they'll jump in front of a bus so you don't get a scratch, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, or you don't drop your bag or something like that. They're that extreme at times. And um I'm not big on self-care. I'm trying to get better, but we are like both not very good at self-care. So that's like, we actively yeah. have to do that together. And I, I, I'll even feel guilty about that's like doing self-care things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feel guilty about doing self-care things when Lindsay isn't able to, because yeah. I'm like, oh, she needs it so much. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it is, a, it's, it's interesting for sure. Yeah. And a three, which is what I, I thought Blake was a long time, because I, I threes are my favorite people in the world. Threes uh, make the world turn. Um, they uh, almost polar opposite of two. They look out for number one. They're extremely self-absorbed. They're extremely into their looking successful. Um, but at the at the end of it all, they they want people to be able to kind of see through all of that and just they they want to know that they're loved for simply being who they are. That's a three. Um, they don't want, they don't like being exposed or thought of as incompetent or inefficient or worthless. Um, they have, they, they, they feel like they have to always appear to be successful. Um, 
they uh, see core desire for them is to have a high status, respect, be admired, successful, valuable. Um, but a weakness of theirs is that they can deceive themselves into believing that they're the uh, that they're only the image that they present to to, to other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- their real self is what they've projected out to other people, and that that can yeah. be a real unhealthy thing for a three. But threes, uh, especially healthy threes, make things happen. Very similar to eights, which is why for a long time I thought Blake might be an eight, or he, may, he might be a three. Um, so yeah. Uh, fours, uh, I'm a four. Fours are emotional basket cases. Um, they they are labeled as um, <laughs> like they are labeled. <laughs> Not yeah. what I expected there. Fours are um, a lot. Of, some people get jealous. Uh, I've had some people tell me, oh, "I wish I was a four, uh, because fours in the Enneagram world are labeled most mostly as creative, artsy people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just because they're super emotional beings um so for uh for me i just want to be uh seen and loved for exactly who i are who i am uh unique uniqueness and authenticity are the most important things to me as a four um i don't particularly i I want i wing three a lot so i do want to like dress a certain way and act a certain way and put on a front but at the same time if i see myself being too much like another person it disgusts me and I'll push back from it. Um, fours are very withdrawn. They love to be pursued um, uh, a ton. So they're known as the uh, romantic individualist. Uh, again, they want to be seen as unique, special, authentic. Um, core weakness for them is envy um, because they always feel like they're flawed in at least one way at all times. Um, and so they're always looking at other people and the success that they have and, and feeling and being envious of that. So, yeah. uh, type fives. Um, I love type fives. Type fives have, um, my best way I describe type fives that someone described to me one time that I love so much was type fives have, fives have a very short battery life for people. Mm. They, they, the shortest out of all the other numbers. Yeah. They, they, there's, there are such things as social fives. We can get into subtypes and lines and there's all sure. sorts of things you can really dive into. There's a subtype for every type. And, uh, so there, there's such thing as a social five, which is kind of, it's hard to identify a social five because so fives like being around people, but not for very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like there's a one, a one, one to one or one-on-one type of five, uh, they like to be around one other person at most. And even then for not very long before they have to seclude themselves again but um they are very inquisitive they love learning they love knowledge they love diving in so that's where a lot i wing five a lot there i'm I'm more of a wing three but i do wing five in the sense of i love to learn i love to educate myself um can you explain that winging real quick sure Uh, it's another couple times yes it's another thing i try not to laugh at in people's faces when they say it because i'll have (laughs) someone that comes up to me that's like okay so blake is an eight for example we'll talk about him in a second and i'll have uh, an enneagram eight come up to me and they're like i'm just winging four today (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's not how that works is it yeah it's not that's when i drink from my new dwight shrew mug and i go false (laughs) Um, that's awesome but uh No, no, wing is, it's not, it's only funny if you know what a wing is, I guess. A wing is um, <laughs> on on either side of your number, right? So it's just, it's just simple. Can you count to nine at that point, right? So what's on yeah. either side of the number four, a three and a five. Uh, so for me, 
I, I can wing three or I can wing five. All, uh, all no matter what per, uh, number you are, no matter what personality type you are in the Enneagram, you do wing on both sides of your number. Hmm. It is not, uh, it is not a, 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 an either or situation. There is one though that you tend to lean more uh, strongly, just in the sense of like we have two hands, right? One hand tends to be more dominant than the other, but we do use both hands. Uh, and so I wing three more than I wing five because um, I love being around people. Uh, but there are times when I get my feels and I'm just like, I'm going to wing five right now. I, I got to go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what wings are. So you will you will lean towards some of the some of the tendencies. You'll see yourself in those tendencies. And so when people are taking an Enneagram uh, test, I know this is one of your questions we're going to talk about in a second to kind of like get down into the number. People are taking a test. They, they might often see one of their top two or three numbers are side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because they're probably one of those two numbers and they're probably winging to the other one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, type sixes uh, are loyal uh, guardians. I once had a coach tell me that uh, get as many Enneagram sixes on your team as possible because mm-hmm. they are the best. Uh, to be on a team. Uh, they are the most loyal um, out of any other number. They are super um, obsessed with safety and security. And so they will always have your back um, more than anyone else on your team in, in an authentic way, not so much like a two where the two is just trying to like, just go, 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 go. Um, but uh, because they're super obsessed with this security and being safe at all times, their, their core weakness is anxiety. They, they, they can be very anxiety ridden. They can be pulled in all sorts of different directions um, and not really know which way to go um, in that sense. So it's they're but they're great to have on your team because you can be like, I can help you tell you which way to go. And they go, thank you. Thank you for telling me which way, which way to go. I'll go do that. And I'll come back when I need direction again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having security guidance and support, super important to type sixes. They want to know that they're safe and secure. That's their core longing. At, at everything type sevens uh make the world go around type sevens are the life of the party is the easiest way to describe type seven gotcha um they uh they're called their, their nickname in the enneagram world is uh the entertaining optimist they are eternally optimistic they don't have a pessimistic bone in their body um they uh they fear being completely deprived uh, they do not like being trapped in emotional situations they do not like Emotions, which um, you kind of start to see some of that eightness kind of come in, right? Um, they don't. They don't like emotions. Uh, they don't like being limited. They really hate being bored. If you have a seven on your team, you have to constantly put a new challenge in front of them, or they will get bored and leave. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, they don't. They. They are the biggest carriers of FOMO. Um, if anything looks like fun and they're not a part of it, yeah. they hate it. Um, but they love to be happy. Um, they 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 feel and are fully satisfied, um, and they, and they they're really great at being um, content for the most part. Um, it's interesting is their core weakness is gluttony, uh, and it's not gluttony in the sense of uh, mm. someone that's that's overeating. It's gluttony in the sense of they're feeling an emptiness because it's a lot of it's a lot of surface level entertainment mm. for a seven, right? And so they gorge on that, and they gorge on that. What they're trying to do is they're trying to fill the emotions that they so hide from they're trying to fill that emotional tank, but they're afraid of emotions. So they're just constantly just feeling, feeling, feeling. Um, uh, one of the coaches for Enneagram that I listened to, she says, um, 
Uh, sevens are a lot like a, a, like a strainer, like a water strainer or a, I don't know what you call it when you make pasta and you dump it into the colander strainer colander. That's it. So they're like a colander, right? And they're taking water and they're just filling it into this bowl. And they're like, I don't know why this bowl is just not getting full. This mm. bowl should be full by now. I'm dumping, I'm dumping, I'm dumping, but there's just, it's empty. It's empty. It's empty. Um, so that's a seven, but sevens are great. I personally can only handle about one seven at a time, two sevens or more in a room. And, um, I'll, I'll start to wing five pretty quickly. So, um, eights, Eights are the people that I struggle with the most in my life. Um, and it's pretty common. Fours, fours and eights, uh, typically, typically, <laughs> typically, again, this is why I was so surprised that Blake was an eight. Um, but, but eights will, eights and fours typically don't see eye to eye, usually uh, because type eights are denying their emotions and type fours are all emotion. Hmm. Uh, and so type four will look at a type eight and just think they're stubborn, bullheaded, and they have no sense of reality and what's actually really going on in the world. Uh, and I've, Eight will look at a four and be like, get your head out of the clouds. We got stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so a type eight is known as the protective challenger. Um, what I have found though, there's two eights in my life right now, Blake being one of them who uh, I would qualify as a healthy eight. And I love healthy eights. What I most love about healthy eights. I have an eight on my team. She's my project manager. I love delegating to her because I don't have to worry about, is it going to get done? She will get it done at all costs. She will uh, do first and ask questions later. <laughs> she yeah. will ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, and that's what I, I love that as a leader. Yeah. I would rather you ask for forgiveness than permission. I don't have time to give you permission 18 times a day. Just go right. go figure it out. Um, and she does. So uh, type eights, their fear is uh, being weak, powerless, harmed, or controlled. They do not like being told what to do, um, which is why a healthy eight is true. a good... um they they do tend to struggle with being uh vulnerable um they are not easily manipulated um and they are extremely concerned with being uh within with injustice um which can make uh, a healthy a healthy eight this is why i love healthy eights a healthy eight can be one of the most compassionate and empathetic people you'll ever know um if they're healthy if they're not, you can tell because they, they are the furthest from being compassionate um, and loving and caring uh, and empathetic. Um, they protect themselves and those that are in their inner circle. Um, but the core weakness uh, of an eight is lust or excess uh, because they never have enough. Again, similar to a three, but it's for different reasons. Um, eights are constantly desiring intensity, control, power, pushing themselves um, willingly on people in their life, whether they want it or not, um, in order to get what they want at the end of the day. Um, and so for an eight versus a three, right? So an eight, an eight is doing it because they want to get what they want. A three is doing it because they want to perceive, uh, they want to be perceived as successful. Um, and at the end of the day, an eight just wants to know that they're not going to be betrayed. Loyalty is, is a huge deal, uh, which is why sixes are really good to have in eights lives. So, uh, and lastly, it's type nine. Type nines are the most confusing to me. I don't get them. Um, even when I know them, I don't, I don't really, I don't get it. Um, I get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I look, I can read it to you right now and I go, yeah, but I don't really get it. Like just have some, <laughs> have some, I don't know. I'm going to try to keep this PG. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're good. Gumption. Have some Balls. gumption. Yeah. Have some gumption. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Type nines are known as the peaceful mediator. These are the peacekeepers. Uh, they hate conflict or tension. 
they don't like um, feeling uh, shut out uh, or overlooked. Um, they fear losing connection and relationship with other people, so they keep peace at all costs. Um, at the end of the day, they just want to know that their presence matters. That's it. They're pretty easy to please. Yeah. Um, but it just for someone that's so difficult to please, I don't get it. I'm going to need you to do more than that. I'm going to need you to do more than yeah. just be here. Yeah. <laughs> so. When I, when I wing nine, I'll tell you that it's, I winged wung. That's not right. Sure. Wing nine. Wang? Did you, did wung you wang? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, I wanged uh, nine more as a kid for sure. Yeah. And oh yeah. Like I still stay, feel stay, that stay temptation. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. just keep the peace, like child of yep. divorce. Don't rock oh, the boat. I gotta keep it whatever at all costs. So yeah, yeah, I can I can relate to that aspect. Yeah. And so as an but eight it's child, weird that that's you, close to an eight though. Because eights are like it is weird. It is weird. I, and nine weird. being so close to, and I, I'm I'm the same thing with like threes being really close to twos don't make a ton of sense to me. Yeah. Threes being close to fours don't make a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, most threes that I know wing four more than they wing two. Mm. Um, so it's interesting. But you think it's because you're trying to rebel in a sense, like you're yeah. you're almost trying to I rebel do. against what your fear was. So maybe as kids we're taught like whatever you're afraid of, just push back, right? And so like I wonder if that's why they tend mm. to be that way. Yeah, I was. It was interesting since you brought it up. I'll use it as as a as an illustration. So type eight child going through divorce, right? He has two options. Um, he can ignore it, right? Which is an unhealthy eight. He can just try to keep the peace, which is winging nine, or he can act like there's no problem at all, which is winging seven. Yeah. So you can kind of see all of those <laughs> in wow. play. I'm uh, not crying. Yeah, I'm not crying. You <laughs> <Right>. are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's the that's wow. the nine right there. Wow. As quickly as that I was, go through uh, it. No, that was really good, man. I appreciate you yeah. doing that and explaining yeah. that. Um, so obviously like we, we talk about healthy and unhealthy. Um, oh yeah. I can imagine, especially, and maybe this is just me being overly critical here, but like, if this is so much about empathy, then there is so much that it can be helpful in understanding this stuff. But why, like I see there could be a harm side of this too, right? Like there's sure. a dark side to the Enneagram too, that I think that, there is the manipulative aspect of oh, yeah. this. Like when you get to know someone's inner core and being seen and known, it's like, man, this could be very dangerous. So um, yeah, they could really manipulate you if they really wanted to. At the end yeah. of the day, though, that I would classify that as an unhealthy person. Yeah. Right? Regardless that, that of motive, that, that that regardless of the number, that motivation, we would yeah. even the chief, the worst person yeah. in the world would be like, well, that's that's not a good thing. Like yeah, I'm for it, but that's not good. I'm all about this, but I'm I know all it's about not it. Good. I know it's wrong. But I just keep doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I so I think the way that you protect yourself from doing that, and the way that you protect yourself from being victim of that, is you learn to recognize what's healthy and what's unhealthy in the in the individual. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's no different than like I said earlier. That person storms into my office and they go off to me about something. I know that they're a six and they're. Um, super worried about the safety of our campus. Mm. Right. And I know they're mm. being a little overdramatic. Um, I'm going to lean in and hear them and know that that's really important to them. 
Um, yeah. But at the, end, at the end of the day, you know, screaming and yelling to get your point across is not a healthy act no matter what your number is. Exactly. Right? So you can, easy, you can quickly identify, okay, this person is not acting out of health. Yeah. Uh, so and so you if think, you know that, then you can kind of navigate the situation better. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. Well, I was going to say, we've talked about healthy and unhealthy. Do you think the difference between, uh, or maybe that the path from unhealthy to healthy is awareness and adjustment, or is there another path along that, that somebody listening to this can maybe say, maybe I'm unhealthy. How do I get to be healthy? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, knowledge is power, right? So I, I, I do think it is self-awareness and, and adjustment. I mean, you can be as self-aware as you want, but it, at the same time, if you don't want to get better, you yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have to have a desire to get to be healthy to start with. Right. But then how do I know if I'm healthy or if I'm not healthy? That's what I love about the Enneagram is that um, you can get so deep into this. One of the things that each type does, each type, um, it's called lining. Um, so they line to a different number in unhealth and they line to a different number under stress. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of start to see when a four starts to act like a two, um, they are under stress. When a four starts to act like a one, they're in health. And so you can start. So as you learn these and you learn and you, you, know, and you understand, okay, I, I see Dustin's acting like a two right now. Um, he's checked out. He's shut down um, because he's, he's put himself on autopilot mode and he's just doing, 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 and it doesn't matter. There's no connection to it whatsoever. Um, that Those types of flags can help you personally for yourself, but they can also help you. For other people and so i won't go into all the lines but sure you can, you can study that and you can see them all i think there is the lines uh, sorry blake be. just real quick i think maybe the lines is why people think that their numbers can change because they yes. start quote unquote presenting Good point as yeah. those other as those other numbers <laughs> but it's really just they're they're looking like it because they're heading towards the healthy side of their other number for sure for sure and i know uh we talked before we started recording about um, you know, how do we really identify, you know, what our Enneagram number is? Well, just like any other personality profile test, there is a, uh, there is a or personality profiles, there is a test. Um, but what I strongly, and people, for whatever reason, they get so excited about Enneagram, they, they don't hear me when I say this at all. And they take their tests and they're like, I'm all three of these numbers because that's what the test told me. Yep. Test an Enneagram test, if it's a decent one, um, which I can, we can put some links to some decent ones in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a, if it's a good Enneagram test, it's probably going to give you th- your top three results, right? Um, like I said, two of them more than likely will probably be side by side, but here's what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you're t- it'll even give you percentages, right? Like so it might say you're 80, 80%. Like, uh, I tested high on eight when I first took it, which I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's not happening. Um, <laughs> um, it'll give you like, Hey, you're 90% this, you're 80, you might have an 80% chance of being this and then maybe a 75% chance of being this. And so people will walk away and they'll be like, well, I'm the, whatever the, the highest one said. And then they'll, and yeah. if they're really like ignorant to what Enneagram stands for, then, then they'll go, well, I'm all three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, today I'm this number tomorrow. I'm that number. But again, it all goes back yeah. to your core self and you can't change that. You can change your behavior. Yeah. You can, you can act like someone else, but you will always be who you are. Yeah. That was a big one for me was like, cause I scored high, even like you thought I was a three. So did the test. Like the test was like 95% three, 95% eight, 90, like, so, and it was so like, you really have to excavate. And what's so cool is it is a journey and it's fun because words mean something. And 
not having a voice feels powerless. And when you do get words to that voice, it like brings clarity and clarity feels so damn good. And when you finally like, Oh, okay. Now that like, I've always felt what that just said, but I've never been able to put in, never been able to put it into words. Yeah. And everybody, despite no matter what your number is, everybody wants to be seen for who they really are. Yes. Uh, And when, and it's, and it's fun. People are like, like I have friends right now that are diving into the Instagram and they're, they're like, this is fun. Can we meet over coffee and talk about this more? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just really like entertained by this. And yeah. it's not that they're extremely self-absorbed. It's because they're finally, they finally feel like they're able to understand themselves more yeah. and understand their flaws. So like for me, uh, I always thought um, that I was too emotional and that was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I learned that, no, that's just how I'm wired and it can be used for good you know, it can be used in a healthy way, mm. um, then it really unlocked a whole nother like side of life for me mm. in every aspect of my life, my marriage, my parenting, uh, work, friends, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So big picture question. And I know yeah. there are probably more than one thing here, but like, what do you feel like are the top things of why this should matter to a leader? Like if someone's listening on and being like, yeah. Oh, that feels like touchy feely shit. And I don't really want to deal yeah. with this. Like, what are the things that you'd be like, okay, but here. Yeah. Simple people matter. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't run a successful anything without people. Um, yeah. You can only go, but, but so far by yourself before you need people. Uh, I'm a person of faith. I believe that God designed us to need people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, okay. and I don't think I mean, we, we see right in the beginning of scripture, God says it's not good for man to be alone. Right. Mm. Um, so it's not what healthy for yeah. a man to be alone. Right. If we're talking yeah. about health and unhealth. Um, I think whether a leader is too stubborn to admit it or not, they realize they can't, they can only go as far as their weakest person mm. um, and that they need people. Um, and so if we want the best out of our people, we have to be willing to understand what makes them tick and how to get the best out of them. And it's not necessarily for that reason, Right. Cause that, that, that reason will only take you but so far, like early on in early on in my career, Blake was there. Uh, I, for me, people were resources and nothing else. It was, what have you done for me lately? What can I get out of you? And if you don't want to do what I'm doing, I don't have, I have no use for you in my life. Uh, I don't have time to waste. Right. A lot of leaders think like that. A lot of leaders think like that. Um, but what, what I learned over time, is that if I don't actually authentically care about the people that I'm leading, they won't, they will never follow me to the extent that I wish they followed me. Yeah. Yep. And that's so good. And I think that, I mean, was it Maxwell talks a lot about just like everybody wants to know and be known, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. But a leader will, will go before other people first and know them yep. and get to know them instead of why aren't they serving? Why aren't they? Yeah. Why am I and not man, that's, it's a home run, man. Um, it's, do you it's have leaders any, like, eat last. Oh yeah, absolutely. Another cynic, cynic ism. Yeah. Do, uh, outside of that, do you have any other book recommendations or resources that oh, help yeah. you in this journey as well? Yeah. Two great, uh, women, which I'm trying to change. Uh, I'm trying to change that, the, the stigma that only women are into the Enneagram, but, um, uh, uh, 
uh, I mean, Ian, Ian Morgan is kind of like the modern father of Enneagram. He kind of wrote a lot of the discovering you and that kind of thing type of books when Enneagram started to get really popular uh, in the two thousands. But two women that I have gleaned the most from mostly because they, they, they teach Enneagram through the lens of the gospel and through the lens of how God made you, which again is important to me. Um, uh, two people first uh, is um, Beth McCord. Uh, her website is your Enneagram coach. Uh, dot com. She's on your Enneagram coach on uh, Instagram, all the places, YouTube, things like that. Her uh, and her husband are in ministry. Um, but the way that she was kind of the first one to help me kind of really, wow, this is a, this is really speaking to me right now. Uh, and the one that kind of helped the other person that kind of helped me identify even further was actually my coach's wife. And she's now a certified Enneagram coach uh, is Jackie Brewster uh, and Jackie Brewster is uh, Enneagram with JB on on Instagram, on .com, all the things, right? Um, she's got a, a couple of amazing resources, especially for leaders who don't, um, like, I don't have time to really dive into the books. Do you have, like, flashcards for this? Yeah, uh, yeah Jack, Jackie does. Uh, oh, she has awesome. flashcards. Uh, awesome. And you, you open it up, and it's just, like, cataloged out to, like, here are the basics. Here's about awareness. Here's some insights. Here's some assets. Here's some relationship tips for every single number. And they're literally just flashcards that you can take out and go, okay, I'm about, I'm about to have a meeting with a seven, right? I'm going to go to that. I'm going to pull that out and I'm going to go, okay, I need to lean into this. I need to make sure they're not bored in this meeting (laughs) or they're going to hate it. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, she has several, she just came out with one for marriage. Beth McCord has one for marriage, which has been a game changer. Um, I think if you're a married leader, you're only uh, as strong as your marriage. Mm -hmm. And, um, Something that I learned from Blake, honestly. So, uh, yeah, those two, Jackie Brewster, Enneagram uh, with JB, and then Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach. Those are the two that I lean on the most. Are you the one who told me about the Sleeping at Last podcast that went over the Enneagram? Yeah, that was actually – go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I think early on that was like – like when you were like, I think you might be an eight, and I finally listened to the eight one. And found myself yeah. bawling and like I was in bed listening to it with Lindsay. We're both kind of sitting there and she's like, Oh, this is sounding. And she turned to me and I'm like weeping. I'm like, don't freaking look at me. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Oh honey, <laughs> you're an eight. The most but, eight thing ever. Don't yeah. leave me on crying. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that's a really good one too. I, I think yeah. I thought you were the one it, who told me about. Yeah, it. it wasn't a podcast. It was an album that he released. Uh, yeah. This, oh this, yeah, this musical artist. I forget his real name in real life, but he 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 performs music under this title, "Sleeping at Last," and mm-hmm. he has a whole out al- has an album of nine tracks. Uh, and yep. each enneagram, he wrote basically these these songs for each enneagram number. And uh, if you're four like me, you love it. Yep. Uh, yep. If you're an eight like Blake, you need it. So. Yeah. And did you have you heard his podcast along with those songs? Uh, I've heard him on other podcasts. I haven't heard. Oh, and, and, he and actually has to, one for it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, heard then, on the, I remember listening to the song the first time when I I figured out like we had first heard about this. Blake was Blake and Lindsay were talking to my wife and I about it and trying to figure it out. And I remember listening to the song uh, for the one and just. Mm-hmm like similar to Blake, just bawling through the whole thing and going, hopefully this is not just, you know, this is, this can't be right. I I've got to be something else or, and I started listening to the other ones and like none of them hit me the same way. So I think there's a, I think there is something that for those songs, as far as their ability to hit um, the emotional side too, of, of 
where you're, I think the big thing is it was built around the childhood wounds and really yeah. being able to hit that, um, for your understanding. I think it was pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, that's great. So people will want to connect with you because mm. you're the master, right? You're no, the not, greatest not Enneagram master Ooh. in the universe. Or Dustin Peed.com. <laughs> not just kidding. Um, so where can Dustin they reach is a you? Thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, just exit all the other stuff. No, but yeah. seriously, like I think sure. the magic, magic with you, Dustin, is that you really do get to the heart and you're looking at all different angles, right? You're not just looking at like, you're this, you're this, you're this. And I think a lot of people want that quickly, but mm. at the same time, I think people want to be excavated, right? Like they want to be known and seen. And so, and you do such a good job of like, let's dig more, let's dig more. Let's not, you don't need to have this so quick, but when you yeah. find it, you're going to really connect to it. And that's, that's the magic with you. So I think you said dustinp.com. Um, yeah, the there are other magic ways is in the, yeah, the magic is in the journey. The magic is in the process and process yeah. is one of the things that's super important to me. But yeah, I'm, I'm one of my goals this year is I'm, I'm really kind of honing in on some writing. I'm honing in on, um, I've spent the last half year, um, uh, interviewing friends like Blake and going like, what is it, uh, that what's, what's my unique voice to the situation. And so I've, I've kind of honed in on, on five things. And so I'm going to spend all my time, uh, at dustinp.com writing and uh sharing as much free stuff as i possibly can for the next couple years uh there uh but the things that uh that i'll be talking about there is uh, creativity i will be talking about enneagram of course mental health is a huge um passion topic of mine we're gonna talk a lot about that especially in the role of leadership uh culture which is i know a big deal for uh for blake uh and myself both i'll probably have him kind of guess right some stuff maybe um there and then uh, process again which is kind of what we just talked about uh is what's the process i love uh helping people define what process works for them um and and and, and whatever it is they're trying to accomplish uh and so we're gonna spend most of our time doing that so i've started uh, i have kind of like a coming soon page up at dustinp.com but you can uh, go ahead and subscribe to my Substack, which is like a, a weekly newsletter that i'm going to put out um Email is back. I don't know if y'all heard this. Um, it's super weird to me because I'm not an email person. <laughs> right. uh, but email is back, and uh, especially if it's content that people want. And so that's when I'm going to focus on those five things. So every time I release uh, an email, a weekly newsletter, it'll be based on one of those five things. So, yeah, and Instagram, same thing. Dustin P. P. E. A. D. Uh, is my Enneagram handle. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. Thanks for coming on, being a, our first well you're not your first repeat guest dang i shouldn't have said that that was stupid all right but we're really glad to have you on thank you so much for bringing just your expertise on this and your passion and um yeah we'll have you on again for sure yeah man sure. can't wait thanks guys all right also we'd like to thank our very own luke van tress aka mr boxes for our kick-ass original theme song 